You're listening to the Live Church Livonia podcast, a show where you can hear the teachings from our weekend gatherings. You can catch the full service on our Facebook or YouTube and head over to our website if you'd like to give. Here we're real people following a real God and experiencing real life. Welcome to Life Church Livonia. Good morning, Life Church. It's a pleasure to be with you again today. Um, I get very excited at the privilege of reading the Word of God together and unpacking it some. Uh, so this is a great privilege and pleasure for me, and it's great to be with you again. I'm going to move uh, right to our text from Luke 1, uh, beginning in the 26th verse through the 38th verse. And of course, the theme in this Advent season uh, is all around the idea of uh, fear, fear not. And in, in this week, we're going to reflect some on fear not because God has a plan. It may not be our plan for our lives, but uh, we can trust him and he knows what he's doing. So let's hear the word of the Lord beginning in the Gospel of Luke, the first chapter, the, 20, uh, the 26th verse. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. This is the word of the Lord. This Advent season is a great time. It's a time of uh, waiting. It's a time of preparing. And in America, we we like to do everything at... Uh, microwave speed and push through things fast. But in this season, uh, we are really encouraged to reflect and wait. The story right, right before the text we read today 
has uh, Zachariah and Elizabeth finding out that they too are with child. And Zechariah finds this to be incomprehensible. He's, he's an old man. He's like me. He's like, how is this, uh, how is this even possible? And um, the angel says, look, I stand in the presence of God. And uh, you're not going to speak for a while. You, you need a time out to... Uh, witness what it is that God is doing. I have to tell you that sometimes I voluntarily give myself a Zechariah fast where I just stop talking and start paying more attention to what God is doing around me. And uh, whenever I can feel myself being off-center, um, oftentimes a Zechariah fast is good for me. Just Shut up for a little bit, Bob, and see what God is doing. But let's uh, move on to today's text. And of course, it would be a, a fearful thing to encounter an angel uh, in your bedroom at home, uh, in your living room, and uh, uh, it would strike fear into the heart. But it's an interesting thing that uh, the presence of an angel may strike us with fear, but the reality of God is uh, often uh, um, something that we, someone who we don't really fear. I remember being a young follower of Jesus, 19 or 20, and an itinerant Bible teacher, John Riley, uh, came around and we invited him to teach. And he said, great, I want to teach about the fear of the Lord. And we were like, ah, no, no, John, we were, we were thinking, you know, love, joy, peace. And, uh, but he taught what God gave him to teach. And he, he taught something to me 50 years ago that uh, is as fresh in my mind and heart today as it was then. And basically, he said this, if we um, fear people, if we fear what people uh, think of us, what people can do to us, what COVID can do to us, what political difference can do to us, what our boss can do to us, what our parents can do to us, what our spouse, if we fear people, it's an indication that we're not fearing God. And that when we fear God, we don't have to fear anything else or anyone else. And oftentimes when a culture goes wrong, uh, the overlay is there is no fear of God in this culture. There is no uh sense of accountability. So uh, what is fear? It's interesting in this uh, series of statements the angel makes to Mary, he says, don't be afraid. And, uh, and Jesus will say in one of his teachings, don't be afraid, fear God. It's like, what? What are you saying? Don't be afraid, fear God. But um, 
for me, what I understand fear to be is that we are concerned with someone's approval. Uh, in, the, in the case of God, we, we say to ourselves, I have a maker. Uh, my parents certainly participated in my making, but uh, I believe that I have a maker. I believe the world has a maker, that this world didn't just smush together accidentally, and it's all of us for ourselves, that there is intelligent design. And so uh, each uh, being made has some kind of degree of accountability to their maker. And uh, I've also found that uh, um, when I have a lot of plans of my own and I fear that my maker is not gonna let me do those things or make it happen, then comes a, a big temptation of not trusting and uh, moving away from God. But um, and in 1 John, we're told, uh, perfect love casts out all fear. So when you and I learn to love God perfectly, uh, we won't need to fear him. When, uh, when we would say, oh, that would hurt my maker for me to do that. I, I love my maker. I, I can't do that. When, when we get that good, uh, fear may not be necessary. That tutor can go home. But until I get to that place, fear is my friend. And so that's a big thing. I didn't tell Alex to make a slide for that today, but it, it, he could. And it would say, fear is my friend. So in 50 plus years of being a believer, I hear a lot of people talk about, oh, don't let shame bring you down. And, don't, and all that is true. But conviction that's born in fear of God has always been my friend, has always helped me uh, to be better. The founding verse for the Evangelical Covenant Church in 1885 in Chicago, the sermon preached on that day was from Psalm 119, verse 63, I believe. I am a friend to all those who fear thee. I am a companion to all those who fear thee. That this was the ethos of the faith community that we are now a part of. This idea that, well, yeah, we might not agree on every secondary understanding of Scripture, but I see that you care about your relationship with God, and you're living your life in such a way that you are concerned for God's approval. And knowing that, I want to be your friend. I want to be your companion. And I can say to each of you today, I want to be your friend. I want to be your companion. And we are, we are in this journey together. So the invitation to preach this text uh, made me blow the dust off my concordance and just look up uh, the word fear throughout the Hebrew scriptures. And uh, it's there a lot in Leviticus and Deuteronomy. And it was very interesting to me 
Um, fear of God had to do with not taking advantage of other people. So when I take advantage of you, uh, it's, among other things, it's a sign that I don't fear God. Uh, there's commands, don't defraud your neighbor, uh, fear God. Um, I think of all kinds of domestic abuse, sexual abuse, date rape issues, all these kinds of things, uh, awful crimes, uh, hard things for people to recover from. But among everything else, uh, these crimes are an indication that we don't fear God, that God is a God who cares about justice, and he cares how people are treated. So anybody we have power over, if, I, if I'm selling you a car and I know it has a bad, bad transmission, but you don't, and I don't tell you that, among other things, it's a sign that I don't fear God, that, uh, that I live by trying to get the advantage and take advantage of you. And so when we have a culture, it's always trying to take advantage of each other. And uh, I, I really fear it in our advertising cultures too. And, and um, trying to take advantage of others to, to take their assets, uh, to increase our wealth, um, it's, it's born in a lack of fear of the Lord. So uh, we're told in Proverbs that fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. And so um, uh, what, what Mary is being told is that God has a plan and uh, that she can trust him to bring this plan about and that nothing is impossible for God. It, it's interesting in this, you know, what, what we're reading today, what you're reflecting on this Advent is the most significant events ever happening. And, uh, and God chooses to do this with one hand tied behind his back. He chooses to do this with a couple that's too old and with a couple that's too young and uh, are not even married. And uh, he is able, he is able to bring about uh, everything we need for a redemptive life. He is able to redeem this broken world and he is in the process of doing it. Um, it's very important that you and I think deeply about, so what is my life for? You know, I remember when I first was asked to become the pastor of Messiah Church, and uh, I'm to meet with all the elders and leaders, and I invited them all to my house for pizza. I went to the pizza place like, I invited them over for seven in the evening. I went to the pizza place at noon and I made my order and I paid for it. 
And people started arriving, you know, around 6.30 and uh, pizza's coming, pizza's coming. That pizza never came, never. It wasn't there at 7. It wasn't there at 7.15. It wasn't there at 7.30. And I called them and they said, well, we, we delivered it. And I'm like, no, you didn't. Uh, it was delivered from the pizza place, but it was never delivered to us. And uh, deliverance, uh, for it to really matter, it has to be complete. You and I need to be delivered from something, but we also need to be delivered to something. And we need to be delivered to God, our maker and redeemer. And, uh, and we need to understand that our life is for God's pleasure. Uh, I know some preachers like to do this, and Evelyn hates when I do it, but uh, I want you to say that with me. My life is for God's pleasure. And uh, when I think my life is, first of all, for my pleasure, I'm already out of sorts. And my fears increase greatly. And even driving over here, the other drivers on the freeway, I can tell you, were not driving for my pleasure. And they were cutting me off, and they were keeping me from doing what I wanted to do, which I really needed to do because I was late getting out of the house. So now I'm angry with my fellow drivers because I didn't leave on time. And, uh, and I have this mindset that the world is supposed to revolve around me. Scripture teaches that we are created to know God and to worship him. And uh, so I want to ask you, are you good with that? You know, are you good with your life? belonging to God. For Mary, this teenage woman, uh, her world is blowing up. And she will be called blessed among all women uh, throughout the ages. Uh, but the fact remains, the life she had envisioned for herself is over. Uh, also for Joseph, I know Alex taught on this last week. What a change in life. And uh, I really sympathize with Joseph, too. He's a carpenter. You know, this trip uh, to Bethlehem, he didn't bring his tools. And he won't be home for years. Years. And uh, how are we going to live? How are we going to make things work? Everything is in flux, but God, but God. So uh, Mary is told, fear not. And um, for ourselves, uh, each of us make plans. I make plans. Uh, but what matters most is may your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So even with the Lord's Prayer, the front half of the prayer is all about the movement of God in the world. The back half of the prayer is about, don't forget me, Jesus. Uh, give me my daily bread. Give us our daily bread. 
Forgive us our sins. We keep missing the mark. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. But uh, it's a beautiful thing to know that even when things aren't going our way, that all is well with God and that we can trust him to bring about his redemptive will. I'll tell you a story I think is funny. Uh, Sunday, when I was getting ready, uh, getting dressed to go to Sunday worship, uh, I was thinking uh, about the fact that I'm not a young man anymore. And I'm, you know, put, putting on a shirt and looking in the mirror, and I'm like, well, not what I was. And then I says, but who is? And then I was going about my business, and about 10, 15 seconds later, I thought I heard, I am. And I thought, God is. God is who he was. God will be who he is. God is the same. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And it made me laugh, and it made me smile and give thanks. I, I ultimately said, thanks be to God. Thanks be to God that he is who he was, that he will be who he is, that he was who he will be. And uh, this message that he brings to Mary, he brings to you and me today too. And uh, it says, fear not, I'm calling you, fear not, I have a plan for you. It's, it's interesting to me, I don't know if Mary says, from what we read here, yes, I believe it. What she does say is, I belong to the Lord. I'm a handmaid of the Lord. I'm a, I'm a daughter of God. I'm a son of God. I'm, a, I'm made by the maker. Be it done to me according to his will. I belong to God. God, have your way in my life. And I really believe this is something the Spirit of God is seeking from each one of us. And those of you who are closer to my age than Kate's, I'm talking to you too, you know, this idea that, well, I've gone about as far as I can go is not from God. This whole nativity narrative is about nobody's too old, nobody's too young, nobody's too this, nobody's too that. All of us have to lay all those things down uh, before this uh, manger, you know, at this stable, all the reasons it's not us. Uh, Jesus is calling. Jesus is inviting. And I think of that great Bible scholar, George MacDonald. Uh, I remember him talking about the rich young man. And he says, uh, uh, do you think this isn't you? He says, are you glad it isn't you? being asked to sell all that you have and follow Jesus? 
And he says, you indeed don't sell them for 30 pieces of silver, but you're glad not to buy them with everything you have. And uh, uh, so what does it mean to be saved? You know, uh, one of the American errors is oftentimes we treat it like we're saved from God. We're saved from, you know, I got my ticket. Now I can do whatever else I need to do because when I need my golden ticket, I got one. Uh, it was never designed that we would be saved from him, but that we would be saved to him. And uh, in this Advent season, I encourage you to take at least for a few moments a Zechariah fast. Think on these things. Think about... What does Jesus being born into the world mean to me? What does it mean to me? What does it mean for me? You know, as this angel is God's agent to call Mary to this miracle, would I be happy or sad to have an angelic visitation to call me into this mystery because this gospel story is still unpacking it's still unfolding and i don't know if you've noticed but this world isn't redeemed yet there's so much that's broken and with everything that's broken there's opportunity so in this covid season you and i have an opportunity to Surrender afresh, to let Jesus be born in us afresh, and uh, to experience that fear is our friend, fear of God. So whenever I've been worried about, am I going to get fired, or is something else bad going to happen to me, or am I going to get sick, or these things, the first thing I realize is, wait a minute, I, I, get, I need to fear God. I need to bring all this to God. And that when I care about what he thinks about me, uh, these other things are at bay. So I'm hoping for you the same things I'm hoping for me. That in the church year, the season of Christmas, the season of Advent, really... Um, redeems and recreates this relationship we have uh, with God and with each other and uh, the redemption, the, the glory to God in the highest uh, is ex experienced in us afresh. That's what I have for today. Uh, may the Lord honor our reflection in his word. Lord Jesus, how good it is to hear your word. May this word be birthed in us uh, this season in creative ways. And if we have to be still a bit more to recover vision of who you are and what you are doing to recover faith, 
to lay all these unworthy fears at your feet and care about you alone until a perfect love casts out all our fear. We give you praise this morning for Mary's obedience and her trust in you. And we pray that we would likewise do the same. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.